Hi, and welcome to the 27th Womanthology Podcast. My name is Fiona Tassin, and I'll be your host. Womanthology is a digital magazine and professional community powered by female energy and ingenuity. We champion equal recognition and reward for everyone, sharing opportunities, ideas, and a deep pool of collective wisdom, supporting each other to be unstoppable. The theme of the show today is Black History Month. I will be speaking with Flavilla Fongang, founder of Three Colours Rule and Tech London Advocates Black Women in Tech. Flavilla shares details of the new book she's been working on, The Voices in the Shadow, which will present 51 black women that are doing great things in tech, shining a light on their achievements. Inesh Santos, Womanthology's associate editor, will also be talking you through the written stories in the new issue. In addition to the new contributors, I would also like to give a very special mention to one of our transatlantic collaborators who's taken part in Womanthology before, Dr. Carlotta Berry, Professor in Electrical and Computer Engineering at Rose Holman Institute of Technology in Indiana, who joins us in celebrating Black History Month in the UK. A quick reminder that you sign up for the Womanthology newsletter by filling in your details on the front page of our website, that's womanthology.co.uk. You can also join our new LinkedIn community by visiting linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash womanthology and find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Welcome to the Womanthology podcast. I've got Flavilla Fongang, who is founder of Three Colours Rule and also Tech London Advocates Black Women in Tech. How are you doing, Flavilla? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. How are you, Fiona? It's a pleasure speaking with you. So I have got some questions for you. But in the first instance, I want to say congratulations because between me writing the questions and me speaking with you, you are a bit of an award winner. So do you want to launch by, by telling us about that Computer Weekly Women in Tech? Superstar. I wouldn't say if it's an award, but it's obviously a ranking in terms of influential women and what they're doing out there in the technology space to change where things are happening. And I think from my point of view, obviously being the founder of Tech London Advocates Black Women in Tech, that has made a great impact. And you know, we're launching a book that's going to be distributed to schools across the UK and Ireland. It's voted for by peers, wasn't it, as well? Yes, it's voted by big names in the tech industry who decides who have women up there. So any influence on them in terms of what I do, it's always very nice to be recognized. I work and enjoy what I do. And, and for me, it's funny because the people that I work with are also game changers. And I think we do cultivate the same kind of spirit. Yes, yeah, so it, it is voted by people in the tech industry, which is quite nice. So congratulations. We'll just get that one in there straight away. And also, just so people know, you're a super talented podcaster as well, aren't you? So I'm feeling slightly nervous today because I'm like, <laughs> oh, she's really good at podcasting. I hope I'm as good at podcasting as she is. But I think we're going to do great today. I think we're going to have a great yeah. conversation. So yeah. without further ado, let's let's get in, into my regular questions. So could you please tell us about your educational background and your career to date? How did it all start? Yeah, so I came far, I would say. So I was badly advised to become a secretary, which is nothing wrong with being a secretary, but I realized that was not my journey and wasn't for me. And I redirected myself towards marketing and communication. And that's where I studied. And when I came to London, I not only studied marketing communication, so I got a B in economics and law, 
as well. So two BAs, a bit of a study freak. I love studying and even now I'm always learning new things and reading books and so forth. After that, I uh, carried on a little bit longer and did an MA in international business. And that led me to look for opportunities within, within my sphere that I couldn't find because I had no experience. I had loads of degrees, <laughs> but no experience. I was basically useless on paper and uh, nobody wanted to hire me. But I could see this company that I finally chose to work for was an event company in the oil and gas industry. But before that, I should say I did all sorts of jobs from door-to-door sales to working in stores and whatever you can imagine just to be able to pay the bills. Because I was, I was by myself, I had friends, but I was by myself. I didn't have any family member in London when I moved from Paris. And after that, I, mean, I find myself working, working in the oil and gas industry. This really opened my international career. And I, you know, I worked in the Middle East, I worked in Africa, I worked in South America and North America and Asia. And uh, at some point I got tired. I've always been an innovative person. That's always been my approach to life and how I do things. And therefore led me to then quit my job and start my journey as a fashion consultant. I just love fashion. For me, fashion was more just physical appearance. It was more in terms of expression of yourself and, and personal branding. And then, yeah, I fell in love with a great plumber, Scottish Avner German. And it always made me laugh because I looked at his website and I remember he had a boiler on his homepage. I said, why do you have a boiler on your homepage? I always love to tell that story. Say, is that what I do? Say, but that's not what you sell. And then that's when I realized that there's something behind personal branding, but there's also something behind business branding. And that's how I made the shift from individual to, to businesses. There's a difference between having a coffee shop and being Starbucks. Starbucks is a brand and a coffee shop is just a business. Which one do you want to be? And people trust brands when uh, they don't know what to do. They don't, they're not facing too many choices. And that's when I uh, started my journey as a branding consultant. One thing led to another, I launched my agency. We were similar to the great hairdresser of bad hair, so not listening to our, all our advice. So, and then finally, we decided to choose technology as a center of, of focus. And that led me to see what are the issues and challenges within the tech space. And one of them was diversity. And that actually led me to create TLA Black Women in Tech now into September 2019, which celebrated the two years anniversary. It's been uh, probably one of my best achievements creating this network and what I've been able to accomplish with it, which is you know super amazing. Wow. And congratulations on that. Thank you. And in terms of your work, it is so varied. So mm-hmm. what if we're trying to imagine Flavilla in a typical week, if there is any such thing as a typical week, which I don't think anybody has a typical <laughs> week, but if we were trying to imagine a theoretical typical week, what sort of things would we imagine you doing? How would you spend your time? Yeah, that doesn't exist really. That doesn't exist because obviously all our clients have different projects. In, and I think that we always thinking creatively in terms of work and we do different. That's probably one thing that always is a driving force. And our clients, you know, come to us to challenges with their issues and we take them on board or not. And I think that's what seems super important in terms of how we do our work. And so, yes, one project is one take one direction, another one take another direction. One thing we do, though is that we're very strong on deadlines and make sure that we respect those. And that's why people also work with us is that we deliver project on time, even when we have crazy deadlines. But yes, yeah, so working from, it can be a brand strategy development, so helping a client develop their own value position to then working on the design aspect for a rebrand, changing the website to the logo, to the logo, to the website, and so forth. And then behind that can be an entire experiential campaign, figure out in terms of how do we get attention to a specific audience out there, which is 
phenomenon. So that's probably why we love what we do is never the same and, and it's beautiful. And behind that, we luckily we're in a position where we can also, you know, choose who we want to work with. We want to believe in a project that we get involved in and project that means taking into consideration not just social impact, but societal impact and, and how you're not just driven by profit, but something else, which is key. And how has COVID-19 impacted on what you do? Mm, no, it's funny because we were already hybrid. I'm sitting in this, my office today and half of my team still hasn't come back, you know, and it hasn't stopped us. It doesn't matter to me as long as you're super creative. That's all I care about, but not all culture like that. At the end of the day, I focus on the output, not input so much. But obviously, if I have to speak to clients, I don't expect them to be sitting. If they know that they will not be sitting <laughs> in bed, they will definitely change their setting. So yes, I think it hasn't changed anything. It probably made it actually busier than, than before. The, the, the thing is that I work in technology, so there's obviously more demand for our clients and what they're doing, and which is uh, one thing that we've improved on. Yeah. You've mentioned Tech London Advocates, Black Women in Tech before. So tell us a bit more about how that operates. Obviously, because of COVID, things have changed a little bit, maybe less face-to-face. But tell us how that works, how that network operates yeah. and, and sure. how you would be delivering that. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, so Chile Black Women in Tech was founded in 2000, September 2019, literally just before COVID hit. And it was technically London, as I say, was just a London-based first so we used to do physical events and so forth. And then COVID hit us and we had to make a pivotal change, which was actually great. So we moved online and by moving online actually made a big difference because we're able to connect with women, black women, but also allies across the UK, but sometimes even across other continents. Because obviously before going, being just good running in London, we were limiting our reach and going online meant that now we could still stay connected, first of all, because I think a lot of people wanted to stay connected, but also support more Black women, which is also the reason why we have grown so drastically in such a short amount of time. Techland and Advocate is not obviously our main activity. It's a non-for-profit organization. Day-to-day, I try to stay as much in touch with women of the network, but with the allies as well, it's not just women. We are very active on social media, LinkedIn and Twitter are probably our, our best platforms. And that's where obviously LinkedIn, because obviously that's where everybody professionally is, which is where we have grown the most. And then we stay in touch with our partners and what they're doing out there to make sure people share you know, knowledge or information about what's going on in the industry. So it's a mixture of events with knowledge or uh, into, an, into a conference format or keynote format or webinar format so with great insights. Also, you, you know, we have a, on the platform which will allow women to share their story. Even on social media, we stay active by highlighting Black women doing some great thing out there. So that's one thing that we do. But some people have to do it full time. <laughs> but one step at a time. One of the things that's taking probably most of our time is the launch of the book for Voices in the Shadow, which features the stories of 51 Black women in technology. So we're excited about that. I'm incredibly excited about that as well. So how is that going at the moment? Where are we up to with that? It's not going to hit the shelves. What's it going to hit? <laughs> it's going to hit the hands of lovely little people out there, individuals, little teenagers out there, or maybe kids who are looking for inspiration and trying to find their way around this crazy world we live in. It's going to hit, obviously, the supporters, people like you, you know, who've decided to support our project, which is super important. It's going to hit as well tech companies who, who are keen to actually discover some of the women in the book is going to hit a lot of people because there's also a digital version of it. So if you can't afford 
you know, the hard copy, there's always a digital copy, which is available for free, which is important. And this one has more stories than the hard copy. I'm very excited about this, uh, the book launch on the 20th of October, 2021, so which is in a couple of weeks. We're doing a launch event at the same time as school breaks. So a lot of women are bringing their kids as well, which is quite nice. You can see their mother on a pedestal, which is the whole idea of doing this, which is quite nice. I'm super excited about that. And we will be championing that and we'll be telling everybody about that as that's happening as well. So congratulations on making that happen. Because I don't think people appreciate, unless you've run a project like that, I don't think people always appreciate the blood, sweat and tears that goes into making that happen. Sometimes people say, oh, that's nice. Yeah, well done. Well done. But unless you've created something like that and had to go through all the, the stages and the actually getting it done, I don't think people fully fully appreciate people think it's nice but until they've actually done it themselves yeah it's a different story yeah it's not easy trust me so there's 51 women in the hard copy there's about over 80 or over 75 in the digital copy then we also have to deal with the printing the delivery and so forth yes we it's been entirely designed by a team of super women which is amazing as well to say that you know this project entirely designed by a woman doing this from different background working on this project which I'm very excited about, you know, so yeah. I can't even have a copy. Yes. Well, I can't wait to hold the copy in my hand. I'm looking forward to that. I shall send you a selfie when I've got my copy in my hand. So yeah. we're in Black History Month at the moment, which seems to me this year to be really prominent, amazing stories out there. What does it mean to you and why is it so important for us to celebrate it? It's very important. I think that. A lot of things have, have not been done enough to celebrate diversity and in my case, especially what the black culture has, has brought in terms of culture and creativity and, and work and so forth. As with the title of a book that we created called Voice in the Shadows that we don't see them enough. And, and I think that sometimes liberal needs to be done to be able to rebalance people who have been the minority for, for so long and have been deprived from the same opportunities that others have got naturally and with more ease. So a month is nothing when the rest of the 11 months is about everybody else. And seeing more black joy is so important to change the narrative, change systematic racism, all sorts of things that are happening to the black community, which is very hard to deal with. And nobody can understand unless they're black. You can tell the story, but if you're not living it, you will never be able to understand it. And that's one thing that was so important to finally share some good stuff some good things, some good stories, some good narratives about what we're doing out there and, and why it's so important to care, to show that you care, even just as a company. And I'm going to throw a sneaky extra question in here. But in terms of people doing the right thing and saying the right thing, if somebody wants to be an ally, sometimes people struggle a bit with how to be an ally or they don't always know how to be an ally or they worry about saying the wrong thing or using the wrong terminology and I think there's a lot of people want to do the right thing but sometimes they feel like they might miss the mark a bit or so have you got any tips and apologies I've just thrown this in as an extra question but have you got any tips for people that want to be an ally but they're worried about getting it wrong yeah, sometimes people want to be an ally and they actually put themselves forward. A good ally will create the opportunities, but put themselves in a in a back. Quite often, it can become quite patronizing in a way of trying to help. So there's a danger between helping someone and telling them what to do, unless especially if they haven't requested it, which is important. For me, I've been lucky and so blessed to have so many people who have supported me. I must say I'm lucky I don't have any bad allies, but I've seen people who have 
who have been trying to think of it, they've been helping, but actually they were not helping. So the best way to be that is just, if you're in a room where this person is not there, and that's what happens quite a lot for me, is that people talk and mention that person and make an introduction or say, you know, I think we should hire or we should work with this person. That's what a good ally is. But it's not going out there and say, yes, I supported you and, you know, and making a praise for yourself. A good ally would not make themselves the hero of the story, yes? They'll be passing the baton, but not necessarily, you know, put themselves forward first. And that's what a good ally is supposed to be doing. Yeah, it's shining the light on the other person. And in terms of your role models from history, who, who inspires you? Who makes you think, oh yeah, that's, in, that's incredible. I want to be that person. There's only one woman, and I always say this is my mother. My mother has been a strong woman. She's came from far. She raised five kids on her own and, and did quite a lot to always make sure we had food on the table. She's not necessarily, you know, the highest career achiever, but she's very streetwise. And that's one thing that I really appreciate from them. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I listened to you. <laughs> you like, oh my gosh, my mom told me this. You don't pay attention. She's like, oh, she's right. And she's uh, one of these women who... Uh, who's always have so much faith into what she, everything she's doing and she's relentless you know she knows how to always support the kids she's she's my biggest super like i don't look outside i look within my own circle and as i say i've only had her when i grew up and uh, trying to think that people don't even have one person to look up to they can look into this book and be inspired by them you know so shall we dedicate this podcast to your mom go on then <laughs> <laughs> We'll get to listen to it as well. This is for Flavilla's mom. Here we go. So over, over to her. But my mom's are great though. My, like my mom, she was there behind me. Everything I did, like hundred percent behind me. My champion, my greatest person. Everything to my mom, absolutely. So, yeah, here's celebrating the moms out there. Um, and what is coming up next for you? What are you looking forward to? So we know we've got the book launch coming up, which is the twenty eighth. Of October, yes. So we have a lot going on in terms of 300, 300 books to send to schools. So there's a lot of books to, to go out. And yes, and obviously we have a book launch party as well on the same day. If people want to uh, donate, what, what is happening? So after the 300 books, we're going to carry on doing it. So, we need, so we, there's about 4,186 schools. We need to distribute the book to so the friend, friend books is only the beginning, so we need to distribute to all the schools. Well, I'll tell you what, how about I'll stick, I'll do an extra question. Uh, yeah, so super excited about that. So, yeah, so well, this is just the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's the thing because when you create a positive change, then you think, oh, I've affected some positive change. That's great. And you think, oh, I can just sit back and like, but then it creates more change and more opportunity. And then it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, doesn't it? I'm happy with that. I think it's something I needed to do and, and probably the power of giving people really underestimate that i'm so glad that i was able to do this project and meet so many fabulous women and, and i'm so many more to meet them i'm every day i discover more so i can't wait to discover more, more oh, so how can uh, the womanthology network support what you're doing the best way to support us so the book there's a limited amount of stock available if people want to get a copy of the book but also because we're going to carry on distributing the book there's more than five thousand schools across the uk and ireland uh, we need obviously people to keep donate if they can join us. We we'll still welcome sponsors as well from company who want to join us. So yes, so that's one thing that we would love to do. So yeah, you heard it here, people. Keep supporting. We, we will keep the word out there as well for the. Well, we are right 
beside you and whatever we can do to help and support moving forward then we are here to do that and can we keep in touch with you as well and find out how everything goes moving forward with tech london advocates black women in tech as well if we can stand beside you that would be amazing you are more than welcome of course this is just the beginning of a story there's so much more to come so so excited about that so yes so thank you so much this is be fun there's only one flavilla <laughs> <laughs> i like it well that's so thank you so much for your time today thank you very much flavilla it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you Hello, my name is Ines Santos. I am the Associate Editor of Womanfology and I am here again, like in all of our podcasts, to tell you about our very special new issue, which celebrates this year's Black History Month in the UK. The stories include Mimi Muwaseme, Community Liaison Manager at MVV Environment Baldovi, shares her career journey from working in the Maasai Mara National Park in Kenya to studying international relations in Aberdeen and now educating businesses and the public about recovery of energy from waste as the last resort to landfilling. She shares the daily importance of her cultural heritage on the way she lives. Aya Donovan, PhD student at the University of Liverpool, tells us how she ended up working on a project that looks at the genetic diversity of the virus that causes COVID-19 and discusses translating academic research into practical outcomes for society and public policy. She also explains why diversity of thought and power in science is vital for including communities that have historically been either excluded or badly affected by science and health research. Also, Dr. Marcia Philbin, Chief Executive of the Faculty of Pharmaceutical Medicine, discusses her career path and how the organization is celebrating Black History Month this year. She also talks about shifting societal narratives about Black people away from being portrayed as passive victims or stereotypical sport or pop stars. Alison Zimmerman, Executive Director at Catalyst, shares the organization's research into emotional tax, which is when someone feels different from peers at work because of gender, race, and or ethnicity. We also hear from Marcia Williams, Transport for London's new Director of Diversity, Inclusion and Talent, who explains how large organizations can ensure they develop and maintain an inclusive culture. She also tells us how TFL will be celebrating Black History Month. Do check out our website womanfology.co.uk to read the full stories. And that is all for me.
sadly, that's all we have time for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you want to support what we do, then share the link for the show on social media and also subscribe. Your feedback is really important, so please do rate and review the show in your podcast app. That's all for now, but join us in the next episode where we meet women in medicine and health.